since the 20th of December 2021. It's even just 11 days, it will be the end of this year. So the days, the nights, they steadily pass away. And so the Buddha, he taught about this, about the nature of change, how things are not sure, and how we shouldn't be heedless in these things. And to not be heedless because of the presence of our life, that we're still alive, or because of our age. And so the world, it changes. And the days, the nights, they pass over like this. They swap between each other. But if we don't develop our minds, then they just stay the same old mind. And so we all want new things. We want new clothes. Or we want change in things. Like with food, if we eat the same dishes day after day, then it doesn't taste good anymore. Or if we live in a new house, then we feel like it's very comfortable, <clears throat> like we want to stay there. But our minds, if we don't develop them, if they don't have any progress, then they just stay old, which is that the defilements, they cover over, they hold sway over the mind. Greed, hatred, and delusion are always there. So practicing in this present day and age, it's more difficult than it was before. You see how during the time of the Buddha, there were many people who had a lot of bharami. And to be born during that time, they cultivated a lot of bharami already. And so they could realize the Dhamma very quickly. Their practice went very fast. These are what we call ukati tanyu. And so they didn't need a lot um, of teaching. They set their hearts on the practice and they could attain to uh, the paths, the fruitions and nibbana. And even though many were lay people, they'd listen to the Dhamma and many, many attained to the level of Sotapanna just from one teaching. You see how the uh, people um, under King Bimbisara, three quarters of them were Sotapanas, and the other one quarter had taken refuge in the Triple Gem. And so there was a lot of merit of, uh, to the people in that time. They were able to listen to the teachings of the Buddha and understand those teachings very quickly. And there were many monks who had practiced very well, the levels of deep jhanas, many arahants. But now to find just one arahant is very difficult. But during the Buddha's time, when he gave the Avadapadimoka sermon, there were 1,250 arahants, and that's not a small number. So it was really prosperous during that time, a prosperous age in terms of the heart. But I had thought that um, there's this uh, it was prosperous in the heart, but maybe it was difficult um, in terms of medicine. They didn't have the medicines like we do now. But in this day and age, it's actually just the same. We also don't have medicines to, kill, to cure many illnesses. And there can be sicknesses that spread all over the world. 
we don't have medicine to cure them. And so the hearts of people aren't developed like now, like they were during the time of the Buddha. And people can't um, attain as quickly as they could back then. It was very difficult to find people like this. And so the people these days, um, it's a bit slower. It's vipati uh, tanyu. But they still can gain knowledge, they can still practice. And so you can compare it uh, to like different kinds of horses. The ukati tanyu. Um, they just, you just need to lift up a whip and they just see the shadow of the whip and then they start galloping. But for the vipati tanyu, uh, they need to be hit. And if they hit just one time, then they run. So they don't need a lot of instruction. And so it's like us staying with a great teacher, like how Lumpur Cha said. And this is a comparison that uh, Lumpur Cha would give. And so there sometimes are many things that appear within the mind, many different emotions. Sometimes we get despondent, discouraged, sometimes we feel lazy. But it's important that we don't follow those moods. And whenever a great teacher instructs us, then we should quickly follow those instructions. Really feel like we need to to do that, we need to practice in line with that. But as time goes past, then people's barami gets less and the need to be constantly hit. And if they're whipped, then they run. And as soon as they stop getting whipped, then they stop galloping. And so this shows that the minds um, of these people, they've got less barami. But still they need to be intent, they really need to set their hearts on the practice, whether it's monastics, whether it's laity, and to be intent to cultivate samadhi, to chant, to meditate. But for some of the time, most of the time even, the kilesas are tugging at our hearts, trying to get us to not chant, to not sit in meditation. And then we get lost and we find delight in the various sights and sounds, odors, the taste, tactile sensations of this world. We become delighted and distracted in the things that we find pleasing. And then we become heedless in these bodies, thinking that now they're strong, now they're still healthy, but this is not a sure thing. So suppose that we live to an old age, to the age of 80 or 75, and maybe we won't quite reach the age of the Buddha. And so if we get to that age, then how many years do we have left? And so we should think about this every single day. But whatever happens, whatever the case, we all must die. And so before our death, how are we going to train ourselves? How are we going to prepare ourselves? So if we don't have a teacher, if we haven't cultivated a lot of goodness, then perhaps 
a lot of, and if we haven't um, practiced um, meditation, then maybe a lot of fear will come up at that time, a fear of being separated. But the Krubhajans, these great teachers, they've trained already, and they've taught other people, and they've also taught themselves. Perhaps they've reached the age of 75 or 80, and their bodies are starting to deteriorate, and the cells in their body are starting to degenerate. And they're not producing the red and white blood cells like they could before. And so that being the case, then they need to get um, this kind of filled in externally, uh, but eventually the body doesn't accept that anymore. And before their bodies were full and complete, but now as this illness goes on, they get skinnier and skinnier until it's just kind of bones that are left. But if they've practiced well, if there are these great teachers, then they're aware that this is the nature of the body, that it's like a home that needs to break. And so they leave it up to the doctors to look after it. It's not their duty anymore. And if they can do that, it shows that they've already trained their minds well. And some illnesses, they don't give all that much in the way of painful sensations. And so there's just a bit of suffering, and it's a bit easier at that, if we have those. But for us, we shouldn't be heedless. It shouldn't be heedless that we still have life, that we're still young. Because if we do, then we just get distracted by things. And then one year passes, two year passes, and we see how this year is almost gone already. And last year we had the chanting for the New Year's online, and in just 11 days we're going to have that once more. And so time passes by very quickly. And our age has gone up one year, our cells have deteriorated even more. So we must really set our hearts on this practice. And we can recollect that during the time of the Buddha, there was one venerable uh, senior monk who said that uh, this world has no owner. It owns itself. And really old age, sickness, death, these are the owners of the world. And so we need to be separated from everyone and everything. We're separated from our friends, and teachers are separated from their disciples, and disciples from their teachers. And before, we'd been able to gather together. But in time, this is just what happens. This is the course of nature, that things degenerate, things decay. And so we must really set our hearts. And for the monks, it's our duty to chant, to meditate. And really chanting is meditation, it's something we should do without fail. To be sincere in that, to have that sincerity and also to follow up on that sincerity as well until we can succeed. And this is something which is important. And so if we have time, then those with intelligence will use that time well. 
Perhaps at 6.30 p.m. or 6 p.m. we can come up and do walking meditation, sitting meditation. And this is our own time, the time that we can use to train our minds. We have time in our kutis and our hearts during the day, and we should use that to walk and sit in meditation. And if each monk takes care of their own effort, their own practice, then that will also help to support one another. We look off to the left and we see uh, one of our friends doing walking meditation. We look to the right and we see another sitting in their hut. And we also have a sense of restraint, composure and caution over our actions, over our speech. Try to speak little, try to eat little. And these are practices which are very important. Because we have everything, um, enough already. It's all, the external things are all in a complete state. <laughs> Najan Somchai and myself, uh, when we were younger monks at Wat Nambapong, we'd wake up at 3 a.m. And it wasn't just one day, it was every single day that we'd do that without fail. Go on arms round without fail. And then in the afternoon, the chores that we had, they're not easy like they are now. It's not like how things are here, that we just turn on the tap and the water flows out. But back in those days, we had to draw the water up from a well. And so there'd be that drawing up from the well, and then we'd have to put it into buckets and then carry it around the monastery. We do that from 3 p.m. until 6 p.m., and it used up a lot of energy. And take the water to uh, wash the feet outside of the meditation halls, to um, the hut of the teacher, and to the other monks' places. And as time went by, then we got carts to take the water around. But in the beginning, we had to haul it. And so there'd be a pole and the water would, a bucket of water would be hanging in the middle and two monks would be on either end carrying it. Um, but if the monks were of different height, then it could be quite difficult. And so for myself, it was quite short. And if the other monk um, carrying the water was tall, then it'd be the shorter monk that would carry most of the weight. And the food, then it wasn't plentiful like it is here. And the evening drinks, we just didn't have those. It'd be a very long time, once in a while, that we'd get the evening drinks. And usually if there was a lot of work going on that required a lot of energy. On the lunar observance days, there'd be some coffee and some cocoa. And during those times, we'd think that if we got just one cup of cocoa, it's like we'd gone to heaven. And if we couldn't really stomach the sticky rice, um, then by 4 p.m. we feel like the stomach was empty already. So for us here, we just turn on the tap and the water flows out. But we need to consider, well, where does that water come from? It comes from the well that we've drilled and it's uh, not easy to do that, especially back in the day, you know, drilling a well. And before, we'd um, 
take it from the waterfall and have a pipe that ran all the way down to the monastery. There was a lot of work doing that. But nowadays things are much more kind of complete. But we shouldn't forget that in order to uh, draw the water up from the, the well, uh, from where we've drilled the water, uh, drilled the hole, uh, we need a pump, we need electricity to do that as well. And so this costs money. And so for this month, it's 45,000 baht already. We have to ask ourselves, well, where does that come from? It comes from the laity, from the faith that they have to offer that. And we use that. So it comes from the compassion, the kindness of the laity, that they uh, look after us in this way. And it's not just that, but it's also the monks here. There are monks who take care of the electricity, who take care of the water supply. And it's their duty to do that so that all of the rest of the monks can live at ease, so that we can relieve some amount of our suffering in that way. So therefore we need to look and consider these requisites that we've been given and to always be contemplating them how they come from the faith of the laity. And then we need to really set our hearts on creating goodness through chanting, through meditating, in order to repay the goodness of the lay people. (coughs) And so we get benefit from that as well. And really, both sides get benefit. We can think about the benefit that the laity get from our practice. We can think about the benefits that we get from it. And so we should put our efforts into that, into going on arms round, doing our duties, going to the chanting, building up goodness. So during the morning chanting today, there was over 30 monks who turned up, and the Manusa Davis, the the, those with the bodies of humans but minds of devas, they were very happy to see that, to see so many monks there. And when the monks chant loudly, then uh, the devas can hear that, and they're happy by that. And the sound of that chanting, it reaches right until the, the end of the universe. The chanting and praise of the great qualities of the Buddha, this is an immense form of merit that we make. It's a way of us cultivating our barami, our spiritual virtues, of creating merit. And the cultivation of samadhi, it's something that's not sure as well. We can't really be certain what's going to happen. And perhaps we're chanting and then we feel very um, profound, and we feel that chant very profoundly in our heart. And we contemplate it, and maybe we'll see the Dharma right there. This is possible to see the Dharma while we're chanting. And so we should set our hearts on this. And the training of our minds is something that's really important, the cultivation of samadhi. It is is important. And even though it's difficult, it's something that we can do. Even though it's difficult, maintaining that samadhi is something that's even more difficult. 
And in order to gain the wisdom to be able to understand the Dhamma, this is something that we have to sincerely set our hearts on in order to achieve. In order to succeed in this, we need to take it for real. Because the Dhamma, it's there on the shores of death. And this is how Lumpucha put it. The Dharma exists on the shores of death. And if we don't chant, if we don't walk in meditation, sit in meditation, then we haven't yet died. And if we don't do these things, then how are we possibly going to see the Dhamma? So during our ordination, uh, we chant Nipana Satchikaranataya. And that's the reason that we've ordained is for the sake of making Nibbana clear. And we should actually chant this every single day. We shouldn't forget how, what our intentions were like um, that brought us to ordain. We should ask ourselves if we become more lax, and then we should set our hearts anew. We shouldn't just let these things go, we shouldn't just neglect them but really bring up this intention. And even though we have other work, other duties to do, when it comes the time to chant, the evening chanting, the morning chanting, we should put down those personal projects. If we're sewing robes, for example, then we leave that aside in order to go to the chanting together. So we set our hearts on this. And, um, Ajahn Samchai, he's been going to the morning chanting. He says that if he goes to sleep late and he gets up early, then his blood pressure grows up. And so he's been trying to go to sleep earlier in order to be able to go to the morning chanting. And so we see how he's maintained these ways of practice. And it's not easy for him to do that because he's already uh, quite old. And so for us, we have strength to our bodies, so we should use that well. We have energy in our bodies. We should use that to give rise to energy in our minds. And to be maintaining this firm intention that we have. And in the end, we will see the Dhamma. And all of the energy that we've put into this, into this practice, none of it goes to waste. We will get a lot of profit from it. And the sacrifices that we make, this is the investment that we put in. But in the end, we get profit from that. And that we ourselves get happiness from that. So may you set your hearts on this.